Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside me, my partner on the airways. As always, it's Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah. Hello, hello. Well, I know you continue to be in Arizona. The weather is getting a little bit better, maybe. It, it decides like one, a couple days, it's going to get into like the 70s and possibly even the 80s. And then it drops back down into the 50s. How are you handling it? Well, I am soaking up the sun on those warm days. I move my chair out where um, <laughs> I move my chair out underneath. Uh, we've got a tree out front. And I've got kind of a funny story about that that I'll share with everybody if there's time here. Um, but I sit out, I grab my book, and I definitely soak up the sun. And I don't necessarily read. I just have my book there so it appears that I tried to read. And I just lay my head back and close my eyes and take a little nap. So it looks like I tried to be, you know, tried to read, but really I'm going out there just so I can sleep. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's the life right there, right? Get right, a little nap right. out in the sun. For Love sure. It. Well, what do we have on the docket today? We are going to talk about taxes. Woohoo! That time of year, right? We're kind of like right in the middle of, you've probably got your W-2s by now. Maybe you've even filed. Maybe you're waiting to file. Um, but uh want to talk a little bit about taxes. And uh, I don't really want to call it the do's and don'ts, but sometimes it's just kind of easy to be like, here are some things to do with taxes. And here are some things that you might not want to do with taxes. But uh, yeah, I was hoping that we could kind of investigate how to handle filing taxes or how to handle our taxes in general. Mm. So probably not a super exciting topic for a lot of people. Um, however, we all, and I'm going to use air quotes. We all are filing taxes, right? I know all of our <laughs> listeners are right. Um, yep. And so it's something that we all have to be considerate of, right? We all have to consider how do taxes affect our personal lives? How do they affect our business lives? And I hope you have a good CPA to help you, you know, figure all that stuff out. But how do they affect your financial life, your relationships, your plans, your money plan? It affects it all, right? It affects your monthly living. Um, and people might be wondering, you know, how is that when I just file my taxes once a year? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's where the conversation could begin, right? I mean, we could go in a number of different directions, especially um, for any of our listeners out there who are entrepreneurs, uh, sole proprietors, maybe have a side hustle. Taxes get a little bit crazier, but we're going to keep this conversation a little bit more generic just to kind of like the, the traditional, I'm employed, I'm a W-2 employee, you know, so taxes are taken out of my paycheck, so why do I care? It's all kind of just on autopilot. Why are we even having this conversation? And to that, I say, we're having it for all the reasons Sarah just kind of mentioned, because it actually does affect your monthly living, whether you realize it or not. So we're hoping to illuminate just how it is that it affects your monthly living and how you have some control over what happens and how that all unfolds. And so why don't you kind of dive into that a little bit, Sarah? What do you mean when you say it affects your monthly living? Mm. Well, 
because Nino, believe it or not, we get to choose. We have a little bit of some choice on our withholdings, right? When we work for and, and receive our W-2s, we are employed by a company. They withhold money from our checks. Um, and we, we have a, a choice on how much is withheld. There's minimums and maximums. We can't say none, right? But there are minimums and maximums. And so depending on when you file your taxes um, every, and I'm just going to say every April, right? The filing is due in April. When you file your taxes every year, if you're getting a large refund or you're having to pay in a lot, by making some adjustments to your withholdings, you can adjust the outcome of your tax filing. You can have, if you get a large refund every year, you can choose to have less taxes taken out of your paychecks each month. If you have to pay a lot come tax time, come April 15th, um, and you can choose then to have your employer adjust the withholdings and hold out more taxes each month so you don't have to pay a large, um, a large amount come tax season, come April. So there's choices that you have on your withholdings each month. And think about that, more money being taken out, less money being taken out. Look at how that really does affect your monthly living. Yeah. So I think it'd, it'd be appropriate real quick to just remind our listeners that we are not tax professionals and this is not tax advice per se. This is education for going and kind of in investigating these things for yourself. But I want to jump on a point that you just made, Sarah, and that is imagine you're getting a large, let's call it a $6,000 tax return at the uh, after you file your taxes. And that sounds amazing, right? You're like, oh, yeah, $6,000 coming back. That'll be so helpful. It'll help me to pay off all the credit card debt that I racked up over the holidays and and or, you know, help me to pay for that trip that I wanted to, to take or whatever, right? And so it sounds like this awesome, great thing, uh, it, almost like a forced savings account or whatever. But I do want to remind everybody that that is your money and that you just gave that money, that $6,000, to the government to use however they wanted for that, for that year interest-free because it's not like they're going to give you the $6,000 back plus interest uh, on your money. And so when you're talking about such a large return, refund, excuse me, because mm -hmm. right, they're refunding you your money. Mm -hmm. um, let's say you're paid bi-weekly. That means you have 26 paychecks in a year. You take that $6,000, you divide it by 26 paychecks, and all of a sudden, you're talking about an additional $230 of your money that you don't have right now that's going into a forced savings account with no interest, you know, a non-interest-bearing savings account that, um, you know, you're relying on the government to get back to you in a timely fashion after you return or you, you file your tax return. Now... I say all that to illustrate the number, $230 mm -hmm. every two weeks for somebody that might be your car payment. And it's like, wow, I, I can get double my car payment back every month um, for somebody that, that might help bridge the gap somewhere else in your budget. 
But if you like the four savings account, I'm not saying you have to like make any changes. I just want you to know that that number means something. And it would, to Sarah's point, have an impact on your monthly living. Yeah, and I think it's important, important excuse me, to, to even to, to complement what you said there, Nino, is that it's your choice, right? Yes. Just, I think for a long time, I did not realize, <clears throat> and I think I didn't realize because I went with the, the fear mentality because I heard every, oh, you don't want to owe the IRS. You don't want to owe the gut. You don't want to owe at tax time, right? It's better to get a refund. And either one, once I learned actually what it was and learned my options and learned my choices, one is not better than the other. In my opinion, I try and keep them pretty close. Mm -hmm. My own personal, if I am getting a refund of in about a thousand, twelve hundred dollars awesome, I knew things were pretty spot on, right? Or if I'm having to pay a thousand, twelve hundred dollars, I knew things are pretty spot on. That's my threshold before I really start making some other adjustments, right? And because neither one is better or worse, but I didn't know that until I really started understanding that I have choices, Right. Yeah. That that regardless if you know how you feel about the government or not, I want more control over my money. And so I am more likely to put that money into an account, which I do um, now because I am a small business owner. Right. And so I hold my taxes back. So I make sure that come tax filing time, I've got money to pay because I don't have an employer withholding taxes, right? And I know that's right. a different topic, but it goes along with creating the habits and the discipline to 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 complement your choices, right? So whatever choice you make, then build the habits and the discipline that complement that. And I know a lot of people, you know, you said if you feel like that's a four savings account, you love getting that big chunk of money. I actually don't think that there's anything wrong with that. What I would encourage people to do, though, if that's the case, if you're saying that because you don't have the discipline to save the money on your own, that's where I would love to work with people on, right? Mm -hmm. Because that discipline, is, it, 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 it migrates, right? It infiltrates every other area within your budget. And so if you're not disciplined enough to save that amount of money per year on your own and not spend it, then we've got some work that we can do because... I'm just going to throw it out there. I think your financial life could be a lot better than you think it is. And you're not relying on a, a government entity to save the money for you. You then, right, are really building the hab habits and discipline needed to change the whole course of your financial future. So that was a little bit of a sidebar, but those habits and behaviors are really important. So if you're using taxes, right, and the withholdings as your four savings accounts, because you don't feel you're disciplined to save it on your own, that's a discussion that we should have. Yeah. I love how you summarize that. Really, it's about choice. And then it's about the behaviors and the discipline that you feel you do or don't have. Right. Um, I, ever since kind of coming to this realization that these large return refunds were for me the large refund is an indication of um i'm kind of just cruising i'm cruising in my my financial situation and and there's some things that i'm not making certain decisions about 
Um, so for me, it's, it's about taking control of that part of it. $230 a check is nothing to sneeze at. That, that's kind of significant money. Uh, no matter how much you make a year, um, that's pretty significant. And so to your point, like if I grow the discipline and the habit of I'm going to bring that $230 home and I'm going to then put it in a, even a high yield savings account that maybe pays 2%, at least that money is now growing and making more money than if it was just sitting with the government. And so I often, when I'm working with clients, I often feel like we need to discuss why you like the very large return. Because to your point, it's usually because I don't have the discipline to do it myself or I'm afraid. And so there's fear about what I will or won't do with that money um, mm -hmm. if I bring it home. And uh, and I'm all for, like, as you're building up um, a habit, do this incrementally. Nobody is, nobody, I'm certainly not, sorry. I'm not suggesting that if you get a $6,000 refund, that you should get it down to zero and bring all $230 back every paycheck. But what if you wanted 150 of that $230 back? So you kind of set yourself up for, I've given myself a little bit of a raise monthly to help me manage you know, my monthly expenses or some other savings goals that I have. But I'm also, I know that I'm still overpaying the government, so I know I'll still get a refund instead of owing them. And so you still have the peace of mind, that, like you might not get as much back. It might be 1500 bucks, $2,000 instead of six, but now you kind of get to manage. So there's choices here and there's, and there's different ways. It's not an all or nothing. You can start to move the needle. Hey, maybe you only want $100 back every paycheck, but that will certainly help. And so there then goes back to adjust your withholdings so that you're bringing more money home. And this all works exactly the same way in reverse if you owe. If you owe and you're like, I'm tired of owing and I'd rather just pay that through 26 paychecks, well, then adjust your holdings the other way so that you're actually sending more money to the government every paycheck so that you don't owe them at the end of the year. Yes. It really comes back to the choices, right, that, that you get to determine. Um, you know, and one thing that just came to mind as you were talking there, Nino, is think of, you know, and I'm going to say at $100 a month, just with the scenario that we've been, you know, talking about with a $6,000 refund, $100 a paycheck, so that's basically $200 a month, right? Think of what... If, let me back up, think if you are having to use credit cards each month because you don't feel like, you feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck, right? You feel like things are so tight and you're putting your groceries on a credit card each month because you don't feel, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, hole of groceries and credit cards. However, you're, you're, think of how... $200 a month could make such a positive impact in your life where you wouldn't have to use that credit card to cover your groceries, 
right? You wouldn't have to use the credit card, which then leads into the whole building wealth kind of talk, right? That you're not going into further debt, right? You're not um, increasing your debt. You are helping yourself from living paycheck to paycheck, you are paying for things in cash or you're planning ahead. Like there's just so many positives that can come from it, from recognizing that you have choices here and that think, think how your months go, right? And think how you really take time to reflect, I guess. Think is not the right word. Reflect on how your, your months go. And would that money be better utilized month to month versus getting that refund once a year. I'm going to speak from my own personal. Using it month to month helps me feel on track more. It helps me feel better about my situation. Um, it helps me plan for things. It, it, it allows me to have my sinking funds in place. Those are all really good positive energy things for me. Um, and that's why, right? for a long time, for, for years now, we've adjusted. So we are utilizing as much of our money every single month as possible. And that helps us build our wealth, build our habits, build our discipline and build our relationship together. I think that's something we don't talk a lot about, but it creates less fights and less stress within our home when we're really utilizing our money instead of letting another entity use our money for the period of a year. Right. Um, I think, I, and there's, to that point, there's two habits, kind of bad habits, that I want to address um, mm -hmm. that I think, again, are kind of indicative of wanting that large refund. So you were, you were talking a, a little bit about turning to credit cards for grocery use, right? And so, one bad habit I've noticed is people like those those large refunds to help them clean up whatever debt they've accumulated on their credit card over mm -hmm. the course of the year, right? And so to your point, with a little bit of uh, more intentionality, with a plan, and uh, with a little bit of discipline, you could actually be bringing that money home and then just spending it on the things that you need instead of turning to, to credit cards. And so that's kind of one bad habit I've noticed is large returns are usually used to clean up the, the debt mess. And the second bad habit that often kind of occurs with these larger refunds is uh, people end up trying to spend them before they actually get them. So they're already thinking about everything that they're going to uh, spend that money on. Now, I know, Sarah, I, I kind of just stole your thunder because that was... You had brought that to my attention, but talk a little bit about that. Like this habit of spending money before you get it, especially these large refunds. Mm. Well, it, it's not necessarily my thought. I put it down because I remember in years past how this was me, right? Just, I knew, I didn't know exactly how much of a refund I was going to get, right? But I knew because of years prior, right, that it was pretty significant, you know, thousands of dollars. So I would start to dream, not going to lie. I'd be like, boy, we can go on our vacation. We can, um, I'm going to put some in the kids' savings accounts. I'm going to do this. And then we can do this. And before I knew it, my list was a hundred things long, yeah. right? 
And if, if I did everything on that list, there's not enough money in that refund to cover everything on that list. Right. So I was spending it in my, even in my head. Now I, because of my scarcity mindset and because of who I am, I wasn't one to actually go out and spend it first, but I created this thought in my head. I created all of these wonderful things that we could do once we received that money. And Nino, um, I'm sure you know, but the the disappointment that I felt, right? When I actually, when we, we actually received that refund and I looked at my list and I thought, well, crap, I can't do all of these things because I don't have enough money. Right. And it, it, so what I had done is I spent it and I thought, oh, I can do all of these things. I was spending it before I even received it in the figurative term because I had already mm -hmm. made the commitment in my head. And when I received that money, it was extremely disappointing because then I had to choose, right? Then I had mm -hmm. to go through my list and I had to pare it down. And that felt, that was, I talk a lot about negative energy. It was very, it was a negative feeling for me because I didn't get to do everything that I wanted to do with it. And so um, I know there are people out there that do this. There are some people that do actually go out and spend the money thinking I should have my refund next week. So I'm just going to use my credit card because we need some new furniture. Mm -hmm. So we're going to buy new furniture, put it on the credit card. My refund should be here next week. And lo and behold, what happens? Something didn't get submitted right. Something didn't get, you know, lost in translation. Your refund doesn't come in. So now you've obligated yourself. You've already spent it. Now you've racked up more debt. You don't have a true plan to pay it off. It creates all this negativity around it. You get really mad at the government for not giving you your money back. You know, it just, it's, it, it creates all of this negativity around this time of year. And that's, if anything, I think that's my, one of my goals this year, Nino, is really to let's bring in some more of the positive energy to these situations, right? And so what can I do to make that happen? I'm not going to spend it before I receive it. It is not here to save you. That refund is not here to save you. Use it as a way to help you further your goals and the course, the, the actions that you're already taken. Use it to help you you know, get ahead, you know, make an extra payment that you've already put into your budget, right? Allow it to be that help and that boost, but not to save you. And please don't spend it before you get it. Please, please, please. What an important piece of advice. Um, you know, I've worked with so many clients over the years and it's everything you just said, right? It's the, the refund is going to save us or it, it's, it's going to be, um, it, it's going to allow us to do all these things. But what I've noticed about it allows us to do all these things is somehow we lose track of the actual dollar amount. And what I mean by that is we've been using 6,000 as an example. So let's say you got 6,000 coming back and you're like, oh, we need, we need or want new furniture. That's going to be $2,000. Okay. Like we're getting six back. We can easily spend two. No problem. Okay. Well, and we wanted to take that, that trip, the family trip together. And, and so like, that's going to be 3,000. And again, you're like, we're getting six. And so the three, no big deal. 
But what doesn't seem to happen is we don't <laughs> seem to take the 2,000 and the 3,000 and add them together to make 5,000. So then the next thing comes up in your mind. You're like, oh, you know what? But the car needs that repair. And that's going to be like $1,200. But we're getting 6000 back. So we're okay. That'll be fine. Uh, oh, but you know, I, I forgot to pay that registration fee for whatever. And that's $500. But we're getting 6000 So it's not a big deal. But what you've lost sight of is now those four things total more than the 6000 and it's usually not just four things. It's usually like 12 things on that list. So um, it's just, it's a really bad place to, to find yourself in. It is. And <clears throat> I mean, how easily it happens. And don't we know it in our everyday spending too? It's only $5 here. It's only $10 today. It's only, it's only 25. And before we know it, we're at the end of the week and we've spent an additional $300 out of our budget that because we didn't add up those amounts, we looked at just the individual, exactly what you were just talking about, right? It's the individual things that we're looking at. We're not looking at it as the collective. Right. Right. Mm. And so hopefully that brings a little bit, a little bit of perspective for our listeners to just think about taxes a little bit differently you know, to think about them in terms of you do have choice as to, you know, um, if you're getting a large refund every year, you have a choice to bring some of that money home, uh, some or all of that money home in, in your paychecks. If you owe at the end of the year, you have the option to pay more uh, each paycheck so that you eliminate that. But there's some choices here, but those choices then just need to be followed up with some new habits, some discipline and a plan for, you know, an intentional plan for what do I want this money to accomplish? You know, how am I putting this money to work? Um, mm -hmm. But another great conversation, not as boring as taxes often sound. <laughs> right. And just another example of how it's not just taxes. It's not just filing them. It's not just a refund. There's so much more involved. Yeah. So I want to invite our listeners, if you're now kind of seeking like, ooh, okay, what am I going to do and what are my next steps? I want to remind you that you can go to our website, newmoneyhabits.com. We have great uh, resources there. If you want to schedule time with Sarah or myself to talk it out, uh, we offer a free discovery session. So get on our calendar. You can go to the show notes for that. And uh, otherwise, we're going to continue our conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.